Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, my guest is Micah, and she is from England. I met Micah on a Facebook group called Need a Guest, Be a Guest, and Micah has an amazing story to share about how she found God and how God healed her and kept her from committing suicide. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Micah. Hello, Micah. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. And thank you for allowing me onto your podcast. It's great to be here. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest. I could not do this without you. So thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. So my first question to you is what I call my initiation question because I ask this to everybody. What was your childhood like? I guess you could, some people might say it was quite idyllic in many ways. growing up in the countryside in England um, and yeah just I guess in many ways it was it's like how do you compare it because you've got to compare it to someone else's to then have an opinion of where yours is on the scale of (laughs) to infinity probably Um, I had quite a scary dad um, so that was probably my biggest thing he's quite Victorian approach in his attitude but apart from that, I just would disappear off into the countryside and just love to commune with nature, so to speak. Oh, no, totally understand. So you say your dad was just a little scary, huge, like an authoritarian, an authoritarian kind of person. We're like, do this, do that, something like that. Yeah, he just, yeah, he was just intimidating. I don't mean he was um, physically assaulted me or anything. I don't mean that side of things, but just, he was just strict and yes. You just did what you were told, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know, understand it. That can be quite intimidating and scary, but understand. So during your childhood, was God a part of your life? Did you guys go to church or anything? Yeah, we went to church pretty much every week, and I did Sunday school as well. Um, so yeah, and then I was in the choir, and then I was a bell ringer. So yes, I guess I did the whole lot, really. <laughs> See, I always wanted to do like the bell ringing kind of thing, but I just never had an opportunity to try it because it sounds so pretty. And so it was something I wanted to do. So I'm glad you got a chance to do it. I'm pretty sure that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I like the fact that the one of the because when I was younger as a teenager, one of the older bell ringers would take us off to the pub to the because obviously you can drink earlier here than you can over where you are. So um, that used to be the best bit for me, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's hilarious. So as a child, what was something, maybe one thing that you learned about God that really stuck with you? What I learned about God as a child that stuck with me was that he was a big, scary dude with a big gray beard in the sky with a trident that was going to strike me down at any moment. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, no, I totally get that because I remember hearing stories about God. And it was funny because the stories about God were always so frightening, like so scary about how he dealt with the children of Israel. They did something, so he wiped out a whole bunch of people and people died. And you're just like, wow, that's just a scary thing to happen. And then it was funny because then you hear stories about Jesus and he's healing people and he's all kind. <laughs> so you were just like, all right, then this is scary. So I totally understand that. So as you got into your adolescence, what was God like for you then? Did you still attend church? And I ask this because I know adolescence can be a difficult time for everybody because your hormones are grown, you know, going, you're in between the I'm a kid, teenager, not a grown up yet stage. So what was adolescence like for you? Yeah, I guess, I, yeah, we still went to church, perhaps not as regularly. I think perhaps mum and dad would go to like an eight o'clock service because me and my brother were perhaps moaning too much about, one, you know, not wanting to go a bit later on. Um, so, but God was, a, he was, it was a part of my life. But I was learning more or deducing that I felt that everyone that was, they were teaching one thing. So God wasn't so much a problem, although obviously I pigeoned him, hold him as a scary dude in the sky. Um, but it was more that I was just found that the people that went to church would say we were taught one thing. They would say one thing and were really hypocritical in how they behaved. And that's what really confused me as a, an adolescent. It's like I'm hearing this, but I'm not seeing that being played out in the people around me. Oh, would you mind giving me an example of that, if it's not too personal? I don't know whether I can give an example. It's more just a, a general, general, just, just even just a simple thing like, you know, be kind to your neighbor. And then I'd hear someone just moaning about their neighbor. Um, that's just a really simple, you know, one. I can't give you specific examples. It was just more a general feeling that I got. As I grew up, I get that. I totally get that because I also um, noticed that as I got older, there were times like you know how at church they like come as you are, they want everybody to come. But then when people would come as they were, and people who came were not who they expected them to be, it's like they had to sit in the back of the church and they were asked to leave, or they were told their clothes weren't up to par for church and stuff. So I get what you're saying. I totally because I've seen that too, and for me, it's like. At first, it was one of those things where I didn't really see it, but then the more I started doing things in church and helping out and working in church, then I started to see a lot more things that I never, ever wanted to see in my life. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, so I think also, actually, just as you're talking, then the whole, the thing that really struck me with, like, growing up, going to a Church of England school, which is, so it's a Christian school, really, was that, I mean, sorry, Christian church. Um, that whole the whole concept that has got me was got me was the whole thing that Christians are saved but other people aren't. Yes, that is was a biggie, and I didn't make sense to me, and it didn't make sense to me that I would see meet people that weren't Christian and they were seemed way kinder and nicer <laughs> than some people. Not all, obviously, but some people that I met that were Christian and 
and weren't so nice. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because that is the same concept I had because I know I grew up in a church environment where you weren't supposed to wear jewelry and everything. So it was always a big deal, especially when I was a kid, you know. And I know my mom probably didn't mean it that way. She was probably raised, she was raised the same way from the time she was a child. So, you know, certain things were just ingrained in her. So she would see someone wearing jewelry whenever she wanted to talk about it. And I'd be like, I don't think this is a big deal. Like, who cares? I don't think it's a thing that would keep you out of heaven. Like, I was like, you really think God's going to say you can't come in because you have jewelry? I was like, it doesn't make sense to me. And then I would also point out that what you just said, I, I would always tell her, well, you can say what you want, but the people who wear jewelry are a lot nicer than the people who don't. <laughs> and it just seems that way to me, like the people who were doing all these quote unquote terrible things that would keep you out of heaven, like they were a lot nicer people. They were the ones who were accepting, they were kind and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of other people were more judgmental and like, so I, I totally understand. And it's funny that you were bringing that up because even um, my daughter mentioned that one time. Um, we were having devotional time and we were talking about something. She was like, well, I just don't think that God would really just tell people they can't go to heaven if they love him, but just go to church on a different day. She's like, if they love him and he knows their heart, why should it matter? And mm -hmm. it was funny when she said that because then that made me start thinking differently. Like, oh, wow, you know, a five-year-old can have insight about that. And here I am as an adult. So, you know, it kind of changed what I thought about things. But I understand because that whole thing about we're saved, you're not. And it's funny because every religion has something that only qualifies them and nobody else. And once you think about it, you're like, well, God came, he died for everybody, not just like one religion. <laughs> so tell me. Um, so once you start seeing all of this and you start thinking about all of these things, um, was there anything particular that you saw that pushed you away from church or brought you closer to church based off of some of the things that you saw? Because I know you mentioned that you did see some things that were hypocritical, but did you see anything that made you feel like you didn't want to be a part of the church? Or did you see some things that were like, well, you know, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is? Or like, what? Tell me about that just a little. I think I just swapped and changed a lot, you know, with... Um in the mind type thing and uh but I would say I pretty much well and truly sat on the fence for so many years it was like I had one foot in the camp of there's something more I think God became there's something more there's got to be something more and the other foot was like no there's not but it was more you know I'm more sitting one side of the fence you know but still just hedging my bets I guess and just sitting well and truly on it um, I just found church it, boring because it was in a traditional um, old, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years old church in England. Um, the music was depressing and dull and boring. Um, the sermons were incredibly dull. Um, and so I just found it quite dull, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and then I went um, in my 20s, or was it 30s actually, I went to just a college a sixth form college where the, it was a sort of a more new agey type church, if you want to call it that. Um, and it just, that's opened my eyes like, oh, wow, it doesn't have to be boring. It can be fun. He had like clips from Bart Simpson, the Simpsons. You, do you know the Simpsons? On, yeah. Um, he had clips on that um, showing just to sort of emphasize some points that he was making. So there was humor in it. It was light. There was fun music rather than the really old hymns um 
so that opened my eyes to the fact that oh maybe there are some different ways of looking at this but having said that I did also still like going to the traditional English church like at Christmas time just because it was full and it was all about family and friends and that whole old atmosphere was really nice I love that and I think that it doesn't have to be like you pick one side or the other I think that it's okay to like both you know yeah, yeah. it really is it's like for some reason, I think when it comes to Christianity, we get we get all caught up thinking we have to do it this way or we have to do it that way. Instead of being holistic, like, well, I can like both of these things, you know, just because I may like to go to a more contemporary church doesn't mean that I can't come back to a traditional one at Christmas or, you know, whenever I feel like it, because I don't think that you have to be boxed in or married to one particular church. I think you should be able to go where you feel comfortable. And if you want to go here sometime, fine. You can go there sometime. I just think that God, I think we box God in and I think he's more outside of the box than we can ever imagine. And so we don't have to be stuck in a certain tradition or way of doing things. So I yeah. like that. Yeah. I like how you put that too. Yeah, that's good. Well, tell me a little bit. I know you said that you were stuck on the fence between church and there has to be something better. Now tell me about this. I know you mentioned you say it was God, but tell me a little bit more about the something better that you felt was out there that you were looking for. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. I just knew there had to be something more. But I guess I went more and more because I, I ended up getting mentally unwell after I had twin boys. And so I guess I kind of was just struggling more and more. It's almost like my heart was trying to... Mm, I don't know, reach some place, but my head wouldn't um, let it. Yeah, it's almost like I had to go the opposite before I could go more to realising what God means to me now. And my whole idea of concept of God has completely changed in the last few years. Wow. Now, I understand, especially when you said that you had to go through some things and you're like, there has to be something more. Because I know in my personal life, there have been times when like things were like, all out of control they were chaotic you know and it was during those times I was just like there has to be something more because you know the whole religious thing was not working and then you had over here where it's like well am I spiritual enough am I not so then I just think that sometimes when we go through difficult times it helps us to realize there's something more you know there has to be something more something bigger than us out there and it's funny because even people who grow up in church like I think we don't always realize how big God is. And sometimes we're still looking for him, even though we think we already have him. So I like how you said that we were looking for something more and that something happened in your life to change your whole outlook and approach to God. So mm -hmm. tell me about that. What was that experience that you had that made you change your whole outlook on how you view God and your whole approach? It happened, I can even remember the night, it was in February 2013, it was like a cold wintry night over here, and um, just prior, well prior to that, I had, like I say, I had, I had three, I had three kids, but I had okay. twins, and they were very poorly when they were little, and I lived as a young mum with very little sleep, and it kind of led to me ending up in the mental health service in this country, and 
when I reached out for help, um, I ended up basically within the 12 year period, ended up in hospital 13 times. And I was pumped full of medications. I had a diagnosis that changed from undiagnosed postnatal depression to clinical depression to bipolar disorder. And then it was like, you've got a long term, lifelong condition and will be on medication for the rest of your life. And I was a mess. I was um, at this point, I'd, um, I was a mess. I was quite psychotic, unwell, um, drinking heavily in my room just to cope with some buried emotions and feelings that had come up. And I had this one night where I had decided I was going to take my life and I had means to do it. I had enough hideous medication to the, you know, from uh, with a label of bipolar, sorry, with a label of bipolar disorder. And um, I decided to have an angry go at a God that I wasn't sure then anymore whether I believed in at all. Right. I remember having this kind of angry vent but it was an angry vent in my head really you know but it was it was an angry vent <laughs> at this god that I didn't think I believed in and so I was massively surprised when I kind of got a response um but it was an inner response and you could say I was psychotic blah 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 the rest of it but this experience was very profound for me it was very it was like a gentle quiet non-argumentative inner voice that was just saying because I was saying why why me you know all this why me no, no one will un understands me and it was just very much like nobody cannot understand you for they cannot know you like I know you wow um, and with it it just literally on an energy level it just felt like layers and layers of yuck just was falling away and I suddenly felt overwhelmingly tired and lay down on the bed and was then pinned to my bed for over an hour. I don't know exactly how long it was. And why do I say pinned to my bed? I only know that because what it felt like was like someone had come along with a little warm bottle and placed it over my heart, this sort of dying organ that was gonna end her, this person's life. And then another one came. So I just felt this sort of soft love starting to grow mm. in my heart. And then the reason I knew I was pinned to my bed was because then I would experience um, fear. I'd experience the opposite. So like absolute terror. And I wanted to get up and run away from myself, but I couldn't. I was literally kind of pinned. And this experience went in cycles, love, fear, love, fear for about an hour. And then I fell asleep um, and woke up a few hours later. And all I can say is I was just changed at my very core almost like you know the old-fashioned egg timers type thing yeah. that happened in it's almost like that was just flipped upside down and my whole perspective had shifted but it wasn't a perspective of my mind because that was still very chaotic but it was something inside me had like come online which may sound peculiar but there we go that's <laughs> how it is and it affects me so much. So I said I was drinking heavily before that, that I got up that day. Um, first thing I did was pour all the alcohol down the sink. Wow. Um, I went out of my room, said hi to my kids, and I'd literally been hiding in my room for like quite a few weeks beforehand. And then it propelled me to such an extent that within the next eight months, I came off all my medication, even though psychiatrists don't want anyone to ever do that. <laughs> um, 
So I had to go against them. I had to go against them trying to forcibly detain me and take me to hospital for listening to this inner knowing and trusting myself um, above what I was being told by others. And um, eventually after the eight months, I lost a lot of load of weight as well. Um, I, I, can, I only know it in stone, but I know, I think you don't talk in stone um, over your way, but it was probably in excess of, uh about 80 90 pounds probably yeah um, it all just fell off because with mental health drugs you put can put on a lot of weight and I finally went back to my psychiatrist and he said you've experienced a miracle were his words um and that he discharged me from services and that was in 2013 so next year is 10 years of me being off all mental health drugs wow. for a disorder that they say that you have for your entire life and that's down to this shift so that's down to god basically that is amazing that is awesome yeah i understand what you're talking about because i work for mental health and i know about a lot of the medications they put you on and yeah they don't advise for people just to go off but mm. i find it awesome how you were able to trust that god was you know what god was telling you because some people it would just seem crazy. Like, what is she doing? Like, I don't understand. Like, huh? But I get it because it just shows that God affected your life. God had something. And I like how you were talking about your mind was so chaotic. But the thing that I love about that is that it lets us know that our lives doesn't have to be perfect in order for God to begin his work in us. You know, we don't have to always know the answer and see things. Everything may not even go perfectly after that. But it just shows that God starts working. And once he starts working, you can see the effects like eight months down the road. You're off medication. You were doing stuff with your kids. You dumped out your alcohol. That just shows that God was really answering you. And I found even with me, to be honest, I can totally resonate with your story. Because sometimes the time I've heard God the most is a lot of the times when I'm venting to him. <laughs> and so when you say you're venting, I was like, I have done that. There have been times I did it in my head. There have been times I've been driving in my car, like, God, it's just not fair. Like, why? You know, just having a conversation. And then, like you said, like in a quiet voice, or I'll feel some kind of peace, or something will come on the radio, or in my head, I'll just think of something, or something will come as confirmation. So I understand how that works. And I find this amazing mm -hmm. that we can talk to God as a real person. We can vent to him if we're angry, question him if we're not sure, if we're doubting. And he listens to us, you know, he doesn't punish us for not always being, you know, he doesn't punish us for having doubt. He doesn't punish us for getting mad at him and asking him what's going on and venting to him. He doesn't get mad. He answers us. And I love that about your story because it proves that you can talk to God like a person and he will answer you. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's just ourselves. We're the ones that punish ourselves in our heads yeah. and the stories that we feed and tell ourselves all the time. They're the, and they're the things that, for myself, that prevent us from knowing God inside. Yeah, I agree with that because I know there have been times I've given myself a narrative about God that was not true. And, you know, once I look back on it, I'm like, why would I? I couldn't talk to God about this. Like he sees me. He knows everything that I'm doing. Why can't I talk to him about this? But sometimes we are just so caught up in thinking that we can't ask God for certain things. 
Like I know I had a conversation with someone before and I was like, well, I'm asking God if he could, you know, bless me with such and such and such. And the person was like, you can't ask God for that. I was like, why? Because you're, what did she say? She was like, you can't ask. It was money. It was something that, it was money. And, you know, I'm trying not to just say, God, give me enough just to, I'm starting to pray, God, can I have more than enough? You know, I really would like not to have to worry about this. Can I have more than <laughs> Everyone wishes that one, don't yeah. they? And like, and so I'm just like, well, I feel like I can ask God for more than what I need. You know, he can always tell me yes. He can tell me no. He can tell me to wait. But I can always ask him for whatever it is that I need. And so I was telling somebody about that. And she was like, you can't ask God for that because you are, what did she say? You're asking God for too much. You should only ask God for what you need. I was like, well, if you're reading the Bible, like he blessed people with more than what they need. So why do I have to just ask him just for enough? I'm like, I appreciate if he gives me just for enough. I'm not going to say it's not good enough. You know, I appreciate it. We'll say thank you. But I also think that I can ask for what it is that I really want. And so this person was like, nope, you can't do that. And so I, it, it was one of those things because I was just like, I kind of get what she's saying because I used to be that way too. And it just made me realize how much we box God in and mm-hmm. how we don't really treat God like a friend or a father because I know my kids ask me for stuff whether they think they won't get it or not. Like they give me Christmas lists already and we're just in, at the end of August. So <laughs> it's like, well, my kids, trust me enough, give me their Christmas list, Christmas list, August 30th, even though they gave it to me like two weeks ago, the middle of August, right? Yeah. I'm like, and they know that they could come to me and give me this list of their wants and their desires. Why can't I feel like I can go to God with mm. some of my wants and some of my desires? So yeah. I, I, what you're saying is right. We do box ourselves in. And I think sometimes we miss out on a lot of things. Now, God, I do believe God does bless us, whether we ask for it or not. That's given. But I do mm. think we miss out sometimes on the communication with him. We miss out on the intimacy and talking to him when we don't talk to him like he's our friend, when we don't treat him as if he's our father without asking and just being open and honest and transparent. I think we miss out on some of that relationship because of the fact that we're not being transparent with God. So I love that you said that. Mm. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If there's anybody out here who is actively looking for God, what advice would you give them? I would say drop all ideas you have about God for a start, because they're going to all probably be learnt beliefs, you know, and depends where we grow up. And so like my used to think of him as a scary dude. I forgot the Santa type beard, but he didn't look like Santa. Well, I like that so much. Thank you so much. Really, really lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. I absolutely love this interview. My favorite part of the interview is when Micah talks about how she liked both the traditional church and the more contemporary church. And I think that's the reason why I love that part of the interview so much. It's because it lets us know that God can be found in more than one type of church, ideology, or belief. I also love it when Micah talks about how she was able to find God in one of her darkest moments and how God did something spectacular for her to show her that he was near and that he cared. So if you are in a situation where God seems so far away and distant, then I would like to encourage you today to talk to God and ask him to make himself known to you. I truly believe that God is going to show himself to you in an awesome and amazing way. The song we are going to listen to this week is from our artist of the week, Trinity Trey, and we are going to listen to a single, No More, featuring Cal Trace. 
Right. Huh? It's your boy Trinity Trey. Can Chase? Huh? I was fake for a second, had to double back. I was blind in such way, caught the van in such way. Let the better in my mind, we ain't never that. We gon' fight for better ways, so say and better pray. Uh-huh. That's not my type, how would I look? I pull a you on you. We gon' strong, remain true. Be way the white flag or forfeit. Nah, never that. We gon' fight for better ways, so say and better pray. Uh-huh. How would I look? I play the you on you. Play the hypocrite now, all that we've been through. Up and down, let down her back around no way i'm gonna play i'm blessed that you stayed on me a silver lining in every cloud refuse the living that i go a different route on me he changed rearranged how i look at things new graces every day he made me worthy you'll see became a better man a friend you can depend on sorry for wrongs that's why i wrote this song when you alone you see your wrongs know it's time to change i played too many games just said money and the fame no the more love, not the same, so we can't relate you either on it right or wrong side it's no great debate turn these stones in the bread yes i can can't fall for the bait living life on the edge there i was one step from fall away i was fake for a second had to double back i was blind in such way caught the van in such way left better in my mind we ain't never that we gon' fight for better ways, so say and better pray. Uh-huh. They claim life's a circle. Let's break the chain, bring God in this thing. Only way we gon' change. Holy faithful plus remaining true. Living love, do what it does. My life is living proof. Lord, as I sleep, I pray that my soul to keep. Made it through head to belief. Say anything can achieve. Lord, as I sleep, I pray that my soul to keep. Made it through head to belief. Say anything can achieve. Lost faith for a second, had to double back. I was blind in such way, caught the man in such way. Let the better in my mind, we ain't never that. We gon' fight for a better way, so sight and better pray. Uh-huh. Became a better man, a friend you can depend on. Sorry for wrongs, that's why I wrote this song. When you alone, you see you're wrong, know it's time to change. I played too many games, chasing money and the fame no more. I played too many games, chasing money and the fame no more. I play too many games and money and the fame no more. For a second, had to double back. I was blind in such way, caught the van in such way. Left better in my mind, we ain't never that. We gon' fight for better ways, so say and better pray. Uh-huh. That's not my type, how would I look? I pull a you on you. We gon' strong, remain true. Be way the white flag or forfeit. Nah, never that. We gon' fight for better ways, so say and better pray. I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and for listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you like the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with Micah, Trinity Trey, or myself, All of our contact information can be found in the show notes and all you have to do is click on the links below and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song to the show. 
In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.